0: The Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 14. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. On today's episode, we have Coach Mark Evans. He's the head football coach at Manheim Township High School. He's going into his 11th season there, his 25th season overall as a head coach. Previously, he spent 14 years as the head football coach at Elko High School. And you're, we're kind of just going to get right into the conversation here. As he put it, we, we just kind of got going organically and, and rolled with it. And, uh, you know, we talked about some things in today's game that, that need addressed in terms of officiating, helmet safety, concussions, so on and so forth. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: But I think we all have an obligation in coaching uh, to protect the game for future generations um, because there's no doubt that our game is under attack. Uh, and it's been under attack for the last, you know, gosh knows how many years with the safety and, you know, the one the one piece that I feel like looking back to when you were even in high school. I was coaching at Lebanon Valley when you were when you were playing at Palmyra for crying mm-hmm. out loud. Right? Yep. I, I think the game has never been safer over the last twenty five years. The uh, evolution of safety protocols, of concussion protocols, which were never heard of twenty five years ago, thirty years ago. Right? You know, they were there, but you really like, you know, if you got your bell rung, it was kinda like a rite of passage. Right. You just pressed on through it, you know. Um, so I, I think there's some 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 real some really good changes that have evolved in the game over the last 25 years, but it's still under attack. Um, I, and I think we need to do our, our job to protect our game because if we don't, you know, your kids, my grandkids are never going to have the game to play, in, you know, if we don't. And that goes from, you know, quality coaching. It goes through, you know, officiating um, and kids participating and, I, I look at our program as as a as a whole at manheim township and and I see tremendous growth um, our numbers are not suffering are not wavering but then again you look at another school who are struggling to get bodies to come out and and I think at at that the pace of the leader determines the speed of the pack um, so as a coach again being a steward to protect the game um, i
0: you, you talk to somebody who's never played football before, an adult mainly, a parent, and I, I know like when I talk to them about football, the first thing that comes to their mind is the safety of their kid or, or football, man, the, the, everything I've heard about how dangerous it is really, you know, you can just see the red lights going off in their head. Right. Um. So what, what's the argument you make with somebody that, you know, they're thinking that that that's never played before. That might say, right. you know, I don't, I'm not, my, my kid's not going to play nothing against you personally, but my kid's not going to play because I'm worried about their health.
1: Well, obviously the, the, their, their son or daughter for that matter are the most important people in their world. And, and I think, you know, you want to give them an opportunity to get both sides of the story and then let them make the best educated decision with their son or daughter in mind, as it relates to to participating or not participating. You can talk about all the things you do. You can invite them out to watch practice. Um, I'll never forget. Here's a, a case in point. I, having been a football guy, uh, Tucker wanted to play football at age six. My son Tucker. Okay. At age six, I thought that was extremely early. Okay, but um, he kept pushing me, and I was like, "Okay, well, let, let's go watch practice." And and I will tell you the, the the deal maker for me, and it wasn't a deal breaker, was watching the coach make it truly genuinely fun for those young men and the young kids. Let's say, I don't know if there were any females on the, on the team or not. I can't remember that far. It was a long time ago. It was 20 years ago. Um, so, <clears throat> but I watched them tackle a giant stuffed animal, kind of the one you'd win at an arcade right. game yeah. at Hershey park, yep. you know, and I watched how he genuinely just taught the kids base fundamentals through tackling a daggum It's a good uh, idea
0: that's pretty creative you know? yeah mm-hmm.
1: so that's and, what, and what... When it's, that sold me and and conversely my son tanner he didn't play until he started playing until he was eight and that coach can make all the difference in the world you know his his experience was not what tucker had right you know again there's there there's always going to be nepotism There's always going to be fathers that get involved for the betterment of their sons, Mm -hmm. but you know what? You need them. Yep. You need, you need help. And if you want to be involved, get involved. Um, But going back to your question about how do you explain that to parents? I say, come watch practice.
0: That's a, that's a, come
1: watch practice. Um, let Let me educate you on the technology of the football helmet. Because we've all watched that evolve. Yep. I remember playing in the old Rydell like foam pack helmets. That when it got cold, those damn things cracked. <laughs> yep. You know, um, you know the the technology has 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 gone. Uh, the changes that have go- gone through, and what we have to offer as a program, um, the techniques that we're teaching for better tackling. You know, the old saying of of leading with you know, you 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 can't even talk about the head anymore. You know, so you're working on, on the the tackle and roll, you know, the things that you're doing um, technique wise are there again, the evolution and the improvements of the game. And then ultimately, you know, the safety and quality of care for your athlete, you have to speak to that, you know, and letting them know, you know, you know, having full-time trainers having concussion protocol and management Um, it's never been safer to play football. In fact, let's look at the amount of concussions. I, I, I can pr- pretty much say that football is, is not as high as some soccer. as So, you know, if you're worried about getting hurt, you know, you can get hurt crossing the street. And, right. I, and I don't mean to sound cold or callous about that, but I, let's be honest it, 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 about living, about, you know, about season all the opportunities that are out there for you. So I'd, I don't want football to go by the wayside and for kids to lose out on opportunities. And, again, you're probably never going to change everybody's opinion about the safety of the game. But you and I both know the game has gotten softer, for lack of a better term. Uh, and I don't mean that as a negative. I was going to say,
0: so- can you can you just go into that, what you mean by softer?
1: Well, when I say softer, because of the, uh, you know, um, I mean, let me think about, sure. like, how do, how do I word this without sounding... Look at the NFL, Mm -hmm. you know, the days of contact that you're allowed to have. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember spring ball as a a college football player. We had 20 days of practice in spring. 15 of those were full out contact practices. 15. Today, they're only practicing 15 times. And I believe they're like uh, Bill O'Brien said, it's like practicing in your underwear.
0: Right, you and know, and it's, it's not consecutive Sometimes it's non-consecutive days, and, and yeah, it's, correct. It's not all correct. padded.
1: Correct, and, and I think you know. Again, I don't want to want him to be quoted on this thing, but I think it kind of summarizes what I mean by softer, um, or how, how shall we say, the game has become more mindful. Is that a better way That's to describe way to it? Yep. The game has become more mindful in terms of the rules and regulations, the number of days you're allowed to hit. You look at high school football. We have to start a week earlier than everybody else for heat acclimation. But we're out in the summer. We're out summer all the time, getting the kids acclimated to the heat. But yet we still have to get out there early and get our kids in conditioned, even though most of them are already conditioned. But we have to do it. And again, I think that's that's part of the the changes in the game that have made it safer is that conditioning piece that happens before you know the the five hours one day the three hours the next day the five hours the three hours the whole heat acclimation process and you could see it as a former college coach you know what what the college game has evolved to in 20 years and i'm sure you could add your own spin on that would you agree
0: we uh the the professors at lebanon valley college at one time there were a group of professors that wanted to do a study one season about concussions so they had these they had sensors on helmets Mm -hmm. and so it kind of measured and they were they were hooked into um some sort of it was some sort of computer technology that that the when the sensor went off it logged whatever however it could it could sense how hard Basically, a helmet was getting hit, and that 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 data was then tracked on a computer, and then they would wait. They were waiting on someone who actually showed quote unquote concussion like symptoms, and it it took. They kind of lost interest in it because it took so long for the professors to actually get somebody that they could use as a subject because we just didn't have many players that were that were getting any kind of concussion type symptoms it wasn't happening and i think it wow. took till like the end of october and and by then the the professors had kind of moved on to something else and nothing really ever came of it so so and and i do remember i i can remember you know friends in high school getting concussions and and i mean it was one or two here and there i don't remember it being a, um something like an epidemic or anything like that so, so you're yeah. right about the amount of concussions. And I think, I think helmet technology has, does have a lot to do with that. And what trainers know about concussions. Right. And, and, things, and the and
1: protocol like, that goes into it, yeah, the protocol but, of, Hey, I've got a headache,
0: yeah, you know, and then yeah. put
1: you in concussion protocol and then you've got to work your way back. And, you know, we're being very, very hyper, uh, vigilant yep. about that and head injuries. Yep. Um, and,
0: and not, and not playing through something like that. Correct. Being smart about it, like you're talking about where once upon a time, you know, we, we tried as coaches to push, to push guys through those situations.
1: Right. And, and there's a fine line between being tough and stupid. These days. Yep,
0: yep. And I think it's saving, you know, it, it is saving concussions and it's also saving, to, you know, it's, it's hard for a student athlete to study then when they have mm-hmm. that concussion. It's hard for them. You know, some nights of sleep are, are tough to get when you have a splitting headache. So it's saving all on all that too. Not just saving the game.
1: Yeah. Saving the game. And, and I think that's what we have to take a look at uh, in terms of protecting the game because it genuinely, like I said before, it's never been safer. And, and I think there's still a need to teach the fun, the uh, I still think there's a huge valuable life skill, teachable opportunities through the game of football for all participants. And that still centers around toughness and grit and perseverance. And, you know, it's, 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 we're teaching those skills and you look at football, you know, as it defined America, you know, as it, as football became, came of age, you know, and you, you saw the number of deaths back in the day when they first started playing football and it could be, you know, it was kicking, it was punching, it was, you know, as the rules developed and evolved and the game evolved and, Rules were put in place to protect the players. And, you know, it was just like you, you look at that, but it also defined America from toughness and grit and perseverance and, you know, and diversity, because you and I both know the huddle knows no color That's right. and, and that, you know, you heard, uh, I think it was Bill Curry had that the, the thing on the huddle. If you've never seen it, look up the huddle by Bill Curry on YouTube and watch that. and And for your listeners, they should watch it, too. Um, it's an incredible piece, um, the history of football and and the the power of the huddle and the power of togetherness and working cooperatively um, with all different types of 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 people. and And I think there's some some really, we can't lose this game. We cannot. And uh, you know, because now more than ever, especially coming out of the pandemic, time is we're we're teaching some of the skills that that are necessary to survive in this world and that's grit perseverance toughness I could go on and on but uh I'll let you take it from here what what else where would you like to take it? well just
0: to add on to that and this is just speaking from my own personal experience I was a puny you know freshman in high school at one point that you know I, I was it football was kind of something I did and then all of a sudden I kind of decided to to be better at it Just like everything, you know, I I was taught to try to be the best at everything I did. And that was one of the things I wasn't really trying that hard at. And Mm -hmm. but once and, you know, I I did try as hard as I could in basketball and baseball and things like that. And football, again, I was just part of the team. I was just there to be there. But once I decided to kind of to see how good I could, if I was a little more aggressive, if I was, um, you know, if if I was just the guy that would that would come in and, and make it. My confidence started to soar, and I started to do other things in school. I started to answer questions in class. That's something I didn't do before. I started to do better on on reports and things like that, and it, it just really helped. It helped shape me and help me become the person I am today. I, I owe a lot of that to football. So that's well, I, that's just I, the case for football, and I'm just one. I'm just one. And this is anecdotal evidence. This isn't something that, like, uh, it's not with every person, but that's that's my story, I guess.
1: Well, I think we all have a similar story, Yeah, right? I think anybody that's ever played the game has some kind of similar story about confidence, and you you, you speak speak volumes there about the confidence piece of you know. Just actually, let's talk about weight training. Let's talk about yeah, right. lifting weight and feeling good about yourself, and and uh, the confidence that that brings. It's a great um, point. So we're teaching life skills for for better, healthy living for the rest of their lives. About you know being physically fit, and and uh, I can think back to when I was a roly poly, you know, ninth, tenth, and eleventh grader, and I started lifting weights in my junior year, and all of a sudden that that newfound confidence was 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 powerful, and and I think that's the other part we sell the game on. When you go back to what do you say to parents is like, look, we're going to teach tough stuff. And the other part I would say to parents is it's okay to let your kids struggle. Let them struggle. Let them learn how to get back up after they've been knocked down. You can't be there all the time to, to rescue <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. And you're not going to be there. There's going to come a point in time and they're going to have to stand on their own two feet. And that's what we're teaching. We're teaching those skills to be a better human being. Absolutely. it's a great point.
0: Great point. <laughs> um, you talked, You mentioned you touched on something. And this might be kind of I'm not trying to change the subject here, but you touched on
1: officiating. Point about officiating was the numbers or the lack of officials, right? is what's happening is, you know fans have become fanatics, and you know um, people are not going into the profession of officiating. And we both know that you can't have a game without officials. We need to, to give them respect, good and bad, um, as, as calls are made and so on. Um, but I think we're, we're losing people getting into the, the profession of officiating. And uh, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about more of it from the protection of the game, from the standpoint of having some officials so that we can actually play games. Because if we don't have officials, the games can't go on. And that's, that's what I worry about.
0: Yeah, we can we can uh, we can change into the kind of kind of switch modes into that because there are some
1: points to be made there. Yeah. Well, I from the from the standpoint of let let me let me say this. Every year we have to go to a rules interpretation meeting. Right. They have points of emphasis. okay, And those come out of the NFHS standards. So, again, it's it goes back to the safety of the game. It goes back to making sure that kids are protected and are safe. So those are always happening. Conversely, what's happening is you look, just take the LL league, for example. You know, there are a lot of aging, experienced officials in our league who have given their time freely um, and have worked, you know, the sidelines for many, many years. But what's happening is there's no nobody coming into the chapter. All right. And when I say that nobody's coming into the chapter, the young officials that are coming into the chapter aren't being given the time to grow and season there are guys that are first and second and third year officials doing varsity football games and they don't have the time to work and, and cut their teeth and make mistakes and grow and and that's gonna that's gonna degrade the game over time if we don't have more people getting involved in officiating so my case in point was we actually had an official come over and speak to our team this year that's um and again I try to get them included. And and the official said, you know, I didn't get into officiating until you know a few years ago, but I love it. I'm a former football player. Give back to the game. We need to promote just like we need to promote kids playing football. We need to promote them to come back and give to the game, whether it be via officiating, whether it be coaching. But give something back to the game that did something for you. And, you know, I look at my life's work. You know, none of us are getting rich coaching high school football or right. you know, uh small college football. Uh we do it because we love the game. You know, on the uh this is my twenty-fifth year, going into my twenty-fifth year as a head football coach. You know, and weathered a lot of storms and you know, uh, where I see a lot of my colleagues have, you know, left the game for varying reasons, but you know, the demands of the game, the three sixty five, um, the parent relationships. Um you know, the lack of kids coming out, the lack of kids getting involved. Um, and, and I think that's uh, it goes back to speaking to protecting the game that we also have to. I, I won't go to anybody's job. I will. I won't come to your office and stand over your shoulder and tell you how to do your job. 100 <laughs> uh, percent. And I think that's an important part is, like, you know, look, I'm going to give the best I can. I'm going to make. I think the quality of the experience, as I said, the pace of the pack, but I also think that the coach has to, to provide the best experience he can for the kids, and then ultimately they have to put into it to make it the, even better. So when, the experience part of it.
0: When, it. when it comes to officials and no one wanted to, do, to be an official, to officiate football games or, or any games really now, you know I, know I understand there's a shortage in basketball and, and a bunch mm-hmm. of other sports still. We just we just gotta treat each other better at times. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, there's a lack of civility in our entire world. Right, right, now.
0: right, right.
1: And and I think uh, you know, call it COVID crazy. Uh, I don't know, but I, I've, I've seen this increasingly happen. And I think you have to be very proactive. So when you're talking about a, a coach, you know, you have to extend yourself. You're not always gonna gonna come out of it with a, a complete win, but you should try to take every interaction, whether it be with a player whether it be with a parent, whether it be with another coach or an official is try to make it a win-win somewhere along the line, if you take that approach of going into any kind of dialogue, when you ask about what do you say to parents, you know, you try to give them both sides and then say, you guys need to make that decision. Because if I tell you, um, that you should do this X, Y, and Z, and you have a bad experience, then that comes back on me. My goal is to give you all of the good, the bads, the uglies, and then, that's, that's the decision between you and your, your, your son or daughter. Um, and I feel very, very passionately about like the growth of our program at Township has been exponential. Um, we have a tremendous group of parents. We have a tremendous group of, of young men. Um, the youth coaches are very involved with what we're doing. Um, and, and my, I'm an open door. Um, so we're a top to bottom program, bottom to top, however you want to look at it. Um, and we want them to aspire to their best days in in football or when they get to the high school level at that point. Um, So, you know, I think it's, again, it goes back to the pace of the leader.
0: When it it comes to officials, just a point I want to make, um, I, I think when I've seen games where, yeah, there were poor calls made. And people on the sideline that I was on, and, and might have been me, might have been coaches, players, they lose their mind about a, a, a bad call by an official or maybe a series of bad calls by an official. But yeah, that can actually hurt the psyche of the team in terms of what they're doing on the field then. In sure. other words, if you get caught up with what's going on with the officials, even if they're making truly, truly poor decisions or making bad calls, that's going to affect how players play then on the field. But I think yes. as a coach, if you can keep your cool and you can kind of log log situations, log bad calls in your brain, and then if you get some sort of a break throughout the game, a timeout, uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, between quarters, and you can calmly approach an official and talk to them person to person, and say, you know, hey, what'd you see on this play? Or, you know, you know, I saw it this way. Can you tell me what I am looking at differently, or, or, or how we can coach our players differently so that doesn't happen again? I think now you start to develop a relationship with an official where they're going to try to do better. You know, they, they then they they might call the game a little bit better. They'll, they'll be calmer, so they can do a better job. And then that that long term stuff starts to happen where you are going to start creating an environment where more people want to officiate. So, again, yeah, yeah. you just got to treat people like people.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I and I think even as an old dog, uh, I've learned some new tricks. Um, you know, I used to be one of those guys and just, just you know, again, we, we were intense. It's a game that's yep, played yep. with intensity. It's a game with played with emotion. And sometimes your emotions get away from you. Um, however, uh, it doesn't condone it. Uh, again, it does affect the psyche of your team. Uh, I think you need to... to to, to weigh those uh, those moments very carefully. And, uh, you know, I've even changed a lot in terms of how I go about my business. Call it maturity. Call it old age. Call it lack of, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know what. But, but the thing is, is I think that that's an important part, is that we have to be stewards of our game and, and look at all facets of it, you know, from parents, fans, coaches, players, officials. W- we have to protect it. And, and it's not going to be protected by, you know, not letting people, um, I don't know, I don't know where I'm. Well, they're so important people. The officials are
0: important people to our game. They're so, so much important. Much. And, and it's we, it's, we well, gotta, if we don't we have, have officials, training, we're right. not
1: going to have a game. <laughs> right.
0: You talked about your, your football program, bottom up, uh, what the talking about your youth level up and, and you've been talking about coaches. How do you, is there, and you say it's an open door and, and, you know, you need coaches at all levels. Are there certain things that you look for in coaches, like, especially at the youth level? Are there certain things you're looking for, certain qualities, or are you just hoping you can get somebody to to stand in there and and be there to help organize practices and help substitute during games and and call plays and things like that?
1: Well, I think we're looking for more than just a warm body. Yeah. (laughs) I think we want somebody who, again, as I said before, the, they have to make it fun. They have to engage. They have to work on building relationships. I think relationships are paramount to any successful organization, whether it's, you know, D-team little guy football to, to uh, you know, NFL football. It's about relationship building. And I think we, that, that has to be at the center of your focus, you know, and building the trust. And, and when you, when they have that, um, and also trying to teach the proper fundamentals of the game, you know, um, it's not yelling and hollering at screaming at kids. It's teachable moments and teachable opportunities. And like, we've all had those throughout our life. And, and like you said about talking, and I think it, 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 if you're looking for, you know, obviously you've got to have people that are willing to get involved, period. Number one, um, that is your lifeblood, just like having, you know, a connection with your youth program. You have to connection with the youth kids in your program. They have to know who you are. You have to be visible. You have to have an essence and a presence about you and, you know, letting them know what's, what's in store for them when they get there. Yeah. We're going to push you. Heck yeah, we are. Are we going to be tough? Heck yeah, we are, but we're going to love you and we're going to take care of you. And we're going to do everything we can to help you. But then you also got to make sure that they're willing to be helped, right? That they want, that they want the same thing you do. Um, But as far as a coach is concerned, I think it goes back to you want a guy that's going to come in and provide the best experience you can get. And that's that's the key.
0: So this whole conversation can kind of be summed up with what you're saying there with relationships. You know, we started out with talking about, you know, my question to you about what do you tell a parent that, you know, that's concerned about health and safety of their child? And you talked about talking to them. You know, that's right. part of building a relationship. The officiating thing is about, you know, treating people with respect and, and building a relationship with another human being and, and what you're saying here about your youth programs and the coaches that, that are involved there, the relationship thing. That's so, I think that's so important and, and we're kind of, we're talking about it, but we're, you know, we're kind of, we're talking about it, but we're not directly talking about it. So it, that's just a, a huge part of another huge part of football Is you're going to be able to build relationships with so many people. I think that's awesome.
1: And trust through that relationship piece comes trust. You know, and they're trusting their son or daughter to you, and you got to do the best job you can. Nobody's perfect. But but you 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 build a trusting relationship, hopefully with the kids, and that you know the rest will follow. Do you
0: think that? I mean, we yeah, the officiating shortage that's in your face, that's in everybody's face right now. You're, you're hearing more and more about that all the time. Do you think that it's the same oh, way of coaching or coaches? Oh, one
1: hundred percent, one hundred percent. Look at look at the, the help wanted. Okay. On 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 every aspect of it, you know, people, you know, people that went into public education a long time ago used coaching to supplement their income. Right. That's a good. Point. And, you know, you don't see a lot of people putting the time in because it is time <laughs> and the t- compensation doesn't e- equate to the amount of time that you put in right. period. It's a labor of love. So, again, when you're talking about guys that are at the youth level, you know, they're they're doing it for the love of the game uh, to be around their, their son or daughter. Um, they're getting involved in coaching. Because of the need, because of the desire to help, because of the desire to be around their kids, to, to share an experience with their kids for whatever reason. Um, but they're doing it for nothing. And, uh, you know, there's a constant coaching carousel, you know, of there's a ton of people looking for coaches right now.
0: The, um, I'm going to go back. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. And, you know, you're talking <laughs> about building relationships and um, making sure things are fun. I I just finished a season of coaching middle school basketball, cool. and and I thought that was going to be all f- you know all that was I, it was fun it was a lot of fun it was a ton of fun, and I thought like uh, it was going to be all fun and games but man when um it, it you it, when you're dealing with middle schoolers sometimes it's tough to keep them on track and on pace and focused, and there were times I found myself doing that trying to get them focused on what they were t- doing, on, doing instead of messing around with one another. So it happens with
1: adults too. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: about, you're right about that. So I think that's part of that's part. That's a, an awesome part of football too, is that the you you constantly get a chance to hold young people accountable. And I think in a lot of situations, kids need that.
1: The boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries, you know how to work within the parameters of the rules. Um, yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect, but I do think that the game itself teaches a lot of life skills that that go far beyond go far beyond the football field.
0: I'm gonna wrap things up here, Coach. Because I think we got a, we got a lot in here. I've have t- taken up a half hour of your time, but this was yeah, this was pretty good. My this pleasure. was this was an organic conversation, like you you described it.
1: I think that's, those are the best kind, yeah. you know, it's five, it kind of goes where it goes. And, and uh, as I said before, we've got to do everything in our to protect the game and to be stewards of our game. If we want the game to be around for our grandkids and for our kids, um, just paramount and I, anything I can do to ever promote the game, that's what we want.
0: And when we're talking about like shortages of officials and coaches And, you know, I got to thinking about like, you know, the the shortage of like people to manage games and I couldn't help but thinking, you know, I saw you, I've seen you keep the scorebook or the, or the scoreboard or whatever it is at Manheim Township High School for basketball. Mm -hmm.
1: games. Sure. So like I uh, work every game, I work every chance I can, um, because it, 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 it allows me to establish a presence around our kids, you know, not just our football players, but our student body. And, and it lends itself to that relationship where you're watching kids play basketball and you can talk to them about it the next day in school. And, again, you know, you, you, you can put this on there, too. I think relationship sure. piece is being visible. Well, I
0: appreciate it. We can do it again sometime, too.
1: Yeah, buddy. Keep it rolling. Keep doing what you're doing and, and protect the game.
0: I'm going to try. Now Now that basketball is over, I'm going to try to shoot some more of these out. And, yeah, like you said, get our, get our game rolling again.
1: All right. right, we'll keep it rolling, Mark. Thanks, Coach. Take care of yourself. See you
0: later. You too. Bye-bye. See you.